This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks so much for joining us for our latest podcast on Thursday the 10th. The Rays and the other 29 Major League clubs had to reset their 40-man rosters with the start of free agency. We did write about it on our blog, raysradio.moblogs.com. I don't know that there were any major surprises, but in a moment, we will chat about all of it with Eric Neander, the head of baseball operations for the Rays. And a reminder, this comes in a stretch where the Rays are having to make a lot of moves in a short period of time, and this goes for everyone. The 15th is when you have to add players to the 40-man who had to be Rule 5 protected, and then the 18th is the tender deadline for players who are arbitration eligible, and the Rays have a substantial class there. But we start again with Eric Neander. Eric, thanks very much for joining us on what I know has been a very busy stretch for you guys. Yeah, the series of roster-related decision dates here that that we have to sort through and uh, some tough decisions that that come with that and saying goodbye to some people that have meant a lot to this organization. But it's it's part of it and just got to do the best we can with it. And we'll get to those decisions in a moment. How how uniquely busy is this time of year? Meaning you just had the GM meetings while having to reset the roster Uh, Five days after that, the Rule 5. Three days after that, the tender deadline. It seems more compressed than normal. Yeah, I I think it it certainly is. Uh, Going to the GM meetings immediately after the World Series, just having a a day and change in between. Uh, Everything's certainly compressed and a result of of last winter and um, getting getting to a new CBA and all that. But it is what it is. And unfortunately we had most of October in the early stages of November here to, to prepare, uh, as it turned out. So, um, you know, typically we've got staff that are working ahead of these things at least a month or two in advance and preparing it. So it is compressed. The decisions come faster, but something that, you know, they're coming. Uh, and I think we're reasonably well prepared all the same. Has it sped up a lot of conversations? The fact that, you know, you have all these deadlines to deal with Has it sped up free agency trade discussion. How would you characterize this year compared to maybe others in the past at this yeah. point? Uh, hard to, hard to say. Um, I think as we, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's still early. There's a lot of information exchange that typically takes place at the GM meetings, just trying to solidify plans, both in advance of the roster deadline when it comes to rule five, you know, eligible players. And then uh, the bigger picture of offseason plans, that's these meetings typically tend to be the time when that information is exchanged. But certainly when it comes to the reserve deadline and those decisions, and we've got some difficult decisions with players that are eligible to be out of the 40, it does compress that timeline and you got to do what you can to accelerate it uh, within the time you have available. Let's get to some of the moves you made. I think everyone expected that you were going to decline the option on Kevin Kiermaier. Um, 
explain the the decision that went into that and then just the conversations that you guys have had over the last six months as he's had the surgery working back from his hip surgery yeah it's uh you know kevin came into the organization as a you know 30 plus round pick in 2010 made his debut in game 163 in 2013 and um he's meant a lot to this organization the the way he has prepared himself the effort he's put in the example he set to our players uh and and to our staff and certainly from 2013 forward you know our major league fans uh, as well and um you know highly appreciative of everything he put in uh but from the surgery, you know, and, and what he's coming off and just the the price of the option itself just felt that it was a tough thing for us to uh, to commit to for, for 2023. And um, more than anything, want to wish him well in his recovery and make sure that all goes well. And then from there, we'll see where things head next. But uh, really, really appreciative of him, all he's meant to this organization, our fans, our community. And yeah, it's the... It, I think the decision itself was one that, you know, had, had some clarity on in terms of what was best, but uh, the, the attachment, the investment, the relationship with, with Kevin, you know, makes these things a lot more difficult, but uh, we'll maintain a good relationship no matter how things play out here. And he seemed to have, I guess he put out a message on social media. It seemed like a, a fair amount of finality, finality to it. How, where, where are you in regards to the, the possibility of, of, you know, him returning at this point? Yeah, I think, you know, our roster by and large, we're returning the the vast majority of it. So, uh, and then, you know, at, at some point here, we're, we're, we're excited to see and provide opportunity for some of our younger players, you know, Josh Lowe, those guys need a chance to, to establish themselves and not necessarily saying that's something we're hundred percent committed to by any means, but we do have a pretty full group as it is. I think that's something we've been honest with him about. We've had that open communication, but, but you never know. So it's, it's a conversation that we'll keep open, but um, he has a decent understanding of, of where we're at. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll continue to, to stay in touch. And if, if he ends up in another uniform, uh, you know, going to wish him nothing but the very best. And like I said, our relationship will remain very strong. Erica, on the other free agents, um, Mike Sanino, David Peralta, Corey Kluber, what the conversation's been like with them as they hit free agency? And is there a possibility of any of those returning? We'll maintain contact with with the representation, appreciate all three of them and what what they did for us and, you know, DP getting him at the deadline there. Uh, you know, the, the on-field part obviously was a – a reason he was targeted and um yeah i know that didn't go exactly as he wanted to go but was still immensely beneficial for for our group uh, and all the immeasurable ways um behind the scenes but uh yeah those are those are three we appreciate that depending on how things could play out you know could could be a fit for us but it's so early in the off season that uh there's still plenty of conversation to be had on on those fronts at this point and the the players that you designated for assignment or outrighted passed through waivers made a whole lot of sense, uh, specifically Nick Anderson, Brennan McKay, based on the health issues uh, that they've had. Um, correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't know a whole lot of sense or how to justify it, just through the decisions we felt were were right for us. And unfortunate for 
for each of them uh, in the way the last couple of years have gone here. But uh, hopeful that better opportunities and uh, major league impact are still a part of their future. And in the case of Brendan, he's going to stay with us as, as we go forward here. And uh, Nick, we'll, we'll see. We'll remain in contact with, with his, his agent, see what's out there for him. And um, again, just feel for him for how good he was. And then the health struggles and everything the last few years, just hope he gets to a point with a normal off season that uh, the stuff can tick back up in the spring. And the trade of Jimon Choi, obviously, like Kevin Kiermaier, very much a fan favorite. Um, but he also had probably, I, I think it, he wouldn't even argue this, his toughest year uh, on the field. Yeah, I think I, I think so. And it happens. But there's an established track record there. And um, we recognize that. Uh, it's a big part of why we've, you know, carried him the last several years. But uh Certainly appreciate everything he's meant to the, the club. Uh, no, he's he's someone that's been really popular with our fans and wish him nothing but the very best in Pittsburgh. In terms of first base for next year, Eric, do you feel you've got your first potential first baseman for 23 on the roster? Or is it something that, yes, you have options, but you're also going to look to upgrade where possible? I think it could go either way. Um, and just looking at our group, we've, We've got candidates for for the corners. Um, you know, Yandy's been over there at times in the past and has played it really well. Paredes uh, has established himself as somebody we're going to carry on our major league club moving forward. Um, you know, we got we got some work to do to sort through it. I do think we have good options, but we also have the benefit of some positional flexibility and the like that you know can allow us to accommodate different types of players at uh you know not only first base but a few positions here and we'll see where that takes us i think there's there's a desire to enhance this group if at all possible on the offensive side and um that's certainly one way we could do it and i think you had mentioned that the top priority was not only improving on the offensive side if you could but also you know having some veterans uh, obviously I think we expected some of these veterans not to return in KK and Choi um, and Zanino, obviously. Uh, but how important is that in terms of the offseason priorities? Yeah, it, it would be nice. I, I think we saw this this past season that um, and as we had a lot of injuries strike, it, it took a lot of our veteran experience, um, you know, our the the players that kind of the tone setters that have that have been there that have experienced success in the big leagues have validated themselves as major league players. Um, that's something we, uh, we didn't have as much, you know, over the course of the summer that was on our active roster and, and you feel that. So just making sure for our young players that we don't, you know, we want to provide opportunity for them, but we don't want to ask too much of them, not only on the field, but just day to day and the clubhouse and um, keeping this group point in the right direction. So it, it, it is something we appreciate. We've long talked about it. Uh, Typically, we've discussed that it's been on the pitching side, just given some of the additions that we've brought in and have had on, you know, in the starting staff each of the last several years. But it matters. Um, and, and if we can bring in an established player to that takes some of the attention off the younger guys, lets them settle in without too much pressure. I think that's a big deal. And then I think there's just a lot of residual benefit to young players um, when they get to, to see and be around. Uh, really good veterans, uh, strong professionals day in, day out. And speaking of young players on the 15th, as mentioned, you guys do add uh, players who are rule five eligible. Have you settled on a number of how many you want to add at this point, or is that still under discussion? 
yeah, it's, I think something we'll use the next couple of days just to see how things sort out. But we have a good idea of what we would do if the protection, you know, reserve deadline was in five minutes. Uh, we, we know, we certainly know what that looks like if we had to, but, um, you know, some potential ads can be influenced by the amount of space that, that exists. Uh, so that's something we'll work through over the next few days, but do have a good amount of clarity. And like I said earlier, we've got staff that have been on this and working on it and providing recommendations after soliciting feedback from our player development people, our scouts, et cetera, for, for weeks now, if not months, and uh, feel feel okay about where we're at. And um, we'll, we'll be ready to make those decisions over the next few days. And for for fans who may, you know, not quite understand the big picture stuff on this, with the, with the roster deadline on the 10th, then the 15th, Rule 5, then the 18th, uh, the, the tender deadline, I would assume, and maybe you can uh, correct me on this, most of the heavy lifting in terms of what you guys may add uh, or adjust the, the trade, uh, the roster rather, probably will come what? After the 18th, between then and the start of spring training, correct? Yeah, I think most likely. I think I'm confident that... Uh, at the reserve deadline and once we once we clear that we'll be at 40 uh that's a that's a pretty safe expectation but yeah i could still see some additional roster maneuvering after that date just as we look to round out our major league group uh so we'll see where it takes us but yeah i, I think the our 40 man as is typically the case we, we make our decisions at the reserve deadline but it still remains a, a bit of a fluid picture all the way through camp Eric, we appreciate a few minutes. I know you got a lot more work to do. Uh, best of luck in the coming days. All right. Thanks, Neil. Certainly appreciate the time of the race president of baseball operations, Eric Neander. And as always, we will have additional podcasts on transactions during the offseason as they come and also on our blog, raceradio.moblogs.com, as we'll break those moves down. Thanks so much for being with us. We will chat with you soon.